Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, episode 226, World Cup Racket, Alternate History. We'd like to thank our brand new Patreon backers, Aaron and Grady, for helping us bring you a brand new episode. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. Hey, Anthony, you're back and you're not Jason. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm not Jason. Thank you, Jason, though, for hopping on. I, I did send him a message on Slack uh, thanking him for stepping into my shoes. I was very, very not available last week. So <laughs> there was no way I could have made that work. You missed it. Jason was trying to pretend to be you for the whole episode, man. It was it was very disturbing. Wait, is it talking about Euros or something? He was going on and on about rolling rights to the point where I actually had to cut some of that out of the episode because I'm like, you're not Anthony, man. You haven't earned talking about rolling rights. Only Anthony can do that. Yeah, as he comes in, like next week, I'm going to review like four of them. And if I came in and found out he reviewed all of them and just gave them all bad reviews, <laughs> like, come on, man. So. Well, it's, I, I think it might be a good thing not to listen to the episode because you might get a little upset. Everyone else listened to the episode, so they know what I'm talking about. You might want to stay away from the episode, <laughs> at least until, I don't know, two or three years down the road. And then when it's safe to come back to that episode, then listen to it. But until then, just just avoid it. Just trust me on this. But by chance, I don't know, did you get to go to any gaming places or meet any gamers or get any random hugs for people? Yeah, I mean, so I was in Seattle for the week. Uh, I was My mom actually graduated from college. Um, her lifelong goal achieved. It was really, really cool. No gaming there, obviously. <laughs> and I did bring some card games too, and I tried to get my family in on them, and they just weren't having it. But I did spend the day in Seattle proper. And just kind of wandered around the city looking for game stores. And there's plenty there now because Seattle's a pretty hip game in place. I didn't spend a ton of time in any of them, but I did find one in Ballard, the Mox Boarding House, which was, man, if this existed here, I don't know if I'd ever go home. Like it was, it's this massive place. It's got a bar and a restaurant. It's got alcoves for all the different types of games. It's got games all over the store, the just the presentation of everything is fantastic. Everybody was super nice. It It's basically if you found a gaming place that was a real store with real processes and real, like it's not just like a hole in the wall. It's like an actual place. 
and I, I didn't get to spend a ton of time there because I guess their summer game nights aren't as full as other ones, but I absolutely will be back there in the future because yeah, everybody was fantastically awesome and nice. And like the demos they set up were like awesome games They had Innis, they had Heroes of Land, Air and Sea, then they had Clans of Caledonia set up like, Oh, you guys know your games. So, yeah, that was fun. Nice. At least you got to visit a good game store while you were out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the goal. I mean, there's a whole bunch around the area, but in the little bubble I was traveling that one day, this is the big Yeah, one. so if any of you out there have a favorite local game store, or if you happen to run a really awesome FLSGS, please let us know. We'd love to talk about it and uh, bring local gamers to your game night. All right, Anthony, so that is a lot of things that are going on with BGA while you're gone. So let's catch everybody up. Let's tell them about what's going on with Patreon. All right, yeah, so Patreon. Patreon is uh, where it's happening these days. If you have not caught the last couple of episodes, we have made a few changes, and for good reason. Uh, Patreon changed a few of their policies. Some of it's legally related. Some of it has to do with policies in other countries. Regardless, we couldn't run the contest the way we were already running it, so we had to change it. So... Uh, if again, if you haven't already read this or seen this or heard this, what we've done is we've removed every level below $5. You can no longer back at the $1 or $2 level. We do apologize for that, but we will be putting up some episodes on Bandcamp soon for about a dollar that you can purchase if you just want to hear some of the bonus content. Result of this, though, is that everybody on the Patreon is now eligible to enter the contests and they're going to be a little bit more fun. It's not just us pulling a name out of a hat. We have a little bit of a competition every week. So every Thursday, middle of the day, I'm going to be posting a trivia question, something that's designed to be difficult, ideally that nobody's going to get perfectly correct, at least not right away, so that the contest won't be over within an hour, right? We want this to stick around for a couple of days and people to try to figure it out so that people who aren't online during the middle of the day still have a chance. The result of that will be, we'll post on Thursday and then Monday or Tuesday when we record, we'll take a look and see who the winner is you have all weekend to take a look and then that will be our winner of the the game that we give away every week if you're listening to this early we have three contests this week because we are catching up for the weeks we missed at the beginning of june when we switched things over so make sure you check them out if you don't have any idea on one of them maybe one of the other two will jump out at you after this week, it will just be one per week. Last week's inaugural contest, which there was only one of, because again, I was out of town, we had a rainbow palette of uh, components from um, Airlines Europe, and Drew was the lucky winner, or I guess the knowledgeable winner, who was the first one to guess what game that was from. Keep an eye out for future ones similar to this. There we're going to have multiple games, probably, with different types of components, We'll make it harder, I promise. <laughs> um, but but yeah, congratulations to Drew for getting that right. You're the first winner. We'll be reaching out to you to, to choose a game from our list. And we'll also have a winner next week for our World Cup competition. Uh, we had a lot of entries there as well. We're going to be running through, obviously, the games that win that today, and then we'll choose who is going to take home a game. So next week's episode, lots of games going out to lots of people. So keep your ears peeled for that. Yeah, and if you have been listening to the last couple of episodes or been listening to board game media recently, whether it's on YouTube or on your podcast player, you understand how challenging it is to keep putting out episodes and content each and every week. And we greatly appreciate your financial support and you letting other people know about the podcast, whether it's companies, publishers, or your local friendly game store. 
that helps keep us going, that helps us in the industry, that helps grow board gaming because being independent and understanding that you can trust our reviews because they are not supported by direct publishers, but they're supported by people like you means the world to us. And I know it means the world to you. So once again, thank you everyone for every little thing you're doing. It does mean a great deal. And we're going to bring you more great content. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with BGA. Let's get into what's going on with our listeners. What's our question of the week? All right. Yeah. Last week was E3, the big annual video game convention in Los Angeles. This year was not the best E3 ever, but still lots of new video games announced, lots of exciting stuff happening. So I asked everybody, for those that still play video games, what is your game of choice for those nights on which you are not playing board games? I worded this very carefully because very frequently when I post something like this, half the answers are, I don't play video games, which is a perfectly fine answer, but we're hoping to get some good answers here of like game recommendations for people. So this time around, lots of good answers. Some of you asked me why I worded it weird. There you go. So let's just run through a few of these. Uh, Rico mentions Slay the Spire, which is on Switch uh, for him. It's a roguelike deck builder that does some cool thing with card upgrades. This is not one I've heard of, so I've actually put this on my list to go check out because it sounds cool to me. Uh, Patrick mentions Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I actually was obsessed with this game last fall for a short bit. Did not get anywhere near finishing it, but hopefully I'll get back to it at some point. Gary mentions Counter-Strike Go, as well as Super Mario Odyssey. Cindy mentions Octopath Traveler and Breath of the Wild. Rodney mentions Grim Dawn, which is a Diablo-style dungeon crawl. We have other entries here, RimWorld, Empire Earth 2, Stellaris, Kerbal. All of those are kind of video games that somewhat similar to board games, at least in terms of how people approach them. Chris mentions Into the Breach, which is a fantastic, like, small grid tactical game, which I have a lot of fun with. There's a lot of answers here. Some of the other big ones that pop up a lot, we have Overwatch, uh, Skyrim, Civilization came up a couple times as well. For me, personally, I think it's usually either Civilization, which I come back to probably at least once a week or two, just and play through a full thing and lose an evening breath of the wild a game that i beat two years ago and just come back periodically to and spend a few hours in just exploring new stuff i don't think that game will ever get old for me but um yeah it's, it's cool to hear so many different video games out there people are playing obviously you can't go to game night every night not everybody's a solo gamer too so it's, it's cool to have some other options yeah for me i'm sticking with i guess the new modern classics so to speak so probably hearthstone or any version of the MOBA games that are out there a lot. So your League of Legends, your Heroes of the Storm, basically get a bunch of people together, have some crazy wacky powers and fight it out in a little arena. That typically tends to be the games I kind of send people to because they typically are newbie friendly. And yet at the same time, you can really build up your character and really become a super pro at it. So that's where I like to send my non-gamers, so to speak. I don't know if they're newbie friendly. Those games kick my ass. I don't know. (laughs) The MOBAs, man, I don't know. (laughs) All right, so let's get on to our feature review. We are talking about alternate history board games in a fashion that's a little different, but a lot of fun for us to do. And in particular, we're all big fans of the World Cup and especially the women's team in the U.S. They've already moved on to the next round. Two great victories. And most people out there in the world, 
might be, you know, soccer or for a better word, uh, football players out there. And we want to bring a bracket style gaming competition to board gaming. So we had a contest up and running and we got you to jump in with us and help us decide on what is the best game that's typically set in the modern universe, but has something strange and different to it that just kind of gives this feel of an alternate history feel. Right, Anthony? Yeah, absolutely. So like, not necessarily just like steampunk or alternate World War II, but just anything like that that's not like ancient history, uh, that's a little bit different, a little bit weird, a little bit wacky. Something's different. Something's changed. And uh, we managed to scrape together <laughs> 32 of them for this. All right. So, Anthony, why don't you start us off with the uh, first bracket? The way the World Cup works, for those of you who don't follow, um, probably Americans, um, there are eight pools uh, within which there are four teams each. And I believe I believe in the Women's World Cup, there might only be six pools, but in our case, we're going to do full eight because I didn't know that when I built this. So <laughs> there you go. So we have 32 games from each pool. We're going to pick two. And then we have a bracket of 16. Then we just go straight elimination to the winner. So we'll be relatively quick running through the pools just because, you know, we, if we talk about every game at length and every matchup at length, it would be very, very long. Um, we kind of want to get to the good stuff in the bracket. But kicking things off, of course, we want to do the pools, uh, starting with Pool A. And the four games here are Spirit Island, Yamatai, Aquasphere, and Time of Legends, Joan of Arc, a game that is not necessarily out yet, but pe- enough people have had their hands on it that we included it. All right, well, we got a good and interesting first pool here, Anthony. A lot of great games, a lot of games I like to play a lot, and I actually guys, a chance to actually play a little bit of Joan of Arc, Time of Legends. And you know what? I'm going to go with Aquasphere here. I, I just think that uh, it stands out a little bit more. You got the bots there. You got the programming. So just a little bit different from the everyday kind of deep sea exploration. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with Aquasphere, personally. I have not got a chance to play Joan of Arc yet. I do like the look of it. I feel like it would be a good fit here in the long term. Yamatai is another fun one, although it is kind of just like a, a vague mm-hmm. fantasy version of Japan. Spirit Island also has some fantasy elements to it. But the reason I like this one and that I'm going to pick this one to move on is that it it does include the real world colonial powers that came and basically conquered all the islands that are like Spirit Island. So you're not just fighting off vague colonists, you're fighting off the English and the Dutch and the others that come in as you upgrade to you know the expansion content. So I like Spirit Island for this one. All right, so that means Spirit Island and Aquasphere moves on to the next round. All right, so Pool B... Uh, we have Scythe, The Resistance, Barrage, and Conquest of Planet Earth. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in there with Conquest of Planet Earth by Flying Frog Games. Maybe not a lot of people have played this, but it's a really interesting game. And it's all about this 1950s era sci-fi where aliens are real and they're invading Earth. And they've been doing that for quite some time. You get to play the aliens, and that's a thing that happens while normal troops and planes and boats and armies and military kind of fight you back. So it has a little bit of a twist there. So I'm going to go with Conquest of Planet Earth. Yeah, I mean, Conquest of Planet Earth has been on my list to play for a long time. I mean, I ignore generally games that look like this, but you keep talking it up. So I figure I have to find it eventually. Barrage for me was like another one I'm very interested in. It's, it's not out yet. 
obviously, but we've both played it at cons, and it just kind of takes like that Tesla aesthetic mm-hmm. where everything's a little bit weird and different in terms of the power sure. generation. But at the end of the day, it's really just you're building dams. I feel like they threw <laughs> the theme on there to, to be slightly different. For me, the, the obvious walk away here is Scythe because Scythe does everything we want this bracket to do. It is the real world. It's Europe in the 1920s, but it's not. These different countries, A, they're not the countries that they are. Like They, they look like Russia. They look like Norwegian countries and, and up there, they look like France and they look like England, but they're not quite those things. They have mechs and they have animal familiars and they have all these different things. They have airships in the expansions. And it just, it changes everything just enough to be like, well, this is a world I don't recognize, but I do fully recognize. So for me, Scythe. All right. So that means Scythe and Conquest of Planet Earth moves on to the next round. Next up. All right. Next up in Pool C. We have Ethereum, City of Gears, Steamworks, and the World of Smog on Her Majesty's Service. So these are all kind of steampunky games, almost all of them 19th century. Interesting matchup. Yeah, you know what I really like? Steamworks does a really good job of actually talking about and utilizing in this kind of really cool tableau building slash tile construction where you're connecting the different power sources of this steampunk universe and it's just a lot of fun so i'm gonna go with steamworks yeah steamworks is really cool i mean it's not a game i've had a ton of time with city of gear is similarly like I've, I've had a chance to play it a little bit it looks very interesting i'm not sure how evocative of the theme it is just yet and then the world of smog has actually been expanded into other games now but for me it's just a little bit more fantastical than i'm looking for you all know which game i'm gonna pick here i'm just giving those all lip service it's spirium right <laughs> so this is one of my favorite games of all time and it kind of falls victim to the same thing as like barrage with uh you know the theme is kind of spiced up a little bit to be more interesting but i'm cool with that because it's an awesome game and uh i like those little green crystals so that one's oh, really as long as it's not feast for odin i think we're okay <laughs> i almost put it in here just to see what you would do <laughs> I didn't want to. Well, break I you. think in an alternate universe it would be here. So, but I'm glad it's not. We're in we're in the the main timeline <laughs> of BGA, and yet it is here because we're talking about it. Oh yes! All right, so that means Spirium and Steamworks moves on to the next round. What's up next? All right, Pool D. We have Rivet Wars, Eastern Front, Australia, Wings of War, Tripods and Triplanes, and then Axis and Allies and Zombies. This is a rough one. There's a lot of really good interactions here with these kind of, as you mentioned, fantastical, you know, sources kind of interacting with things. Uh, And obviously there's so much good here. You know what? I'm a really big fan. I'm not really a big Cthulhu fan, but Australia's uh, you're playing a Euro game. It is a straight up Euro game and it's got Cthulhu. And somehow it works. And I actually like it a lot. So I'm going to go with Australia's. I've avoided that game for so long because it was like, it's Cthulhu. And they like this military guy in the cover. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to like this. But everything I've heard about it says, no, you'd probably like this. So I need I need to get it out. Yeah, the other ones here are interesting. Wings of War, the tripods and triplanes. It's War of the Worlds, basically. And I love that. And that that's almost like one of the originals of this. of just like, hey, what if real world, but also aliens are here, you know? Axis and Allies and Zombies is kind of annoying to me, but also fits the theme. So, hey, what if Axis and Allies, but also zombies? The one that I really like, though, and this is a game that, again, you, Chris, turned me on to a while back, is Rivet Wars Eastern Front. 
And this is one of those like severely underrated Simon games. It is kind of a RTS style miniatures game where you have these two armies kind of going towards each other across this big open map. There's trenches everywhere. It's supposed to be World War One, but everybody has mechs and these big, crazy looking units that go across the map. And then there's upgrades where you have flying machines and everything else. It looks incredible. The minis are great, of course, at Simon, and it just doesn't get played enough. So I'm going to go with Rivet Wars. All right. So that means Rivet Wars Eastern Front and Australia moves on to next round. All right. Pool E. We have Mission Red Planet, Baseball Highlights 2045, Bioshock Infinite, The Siege of Columbia, and The Reckoners. So in general, I tried to avoid having too many IP-based games in this list because that would make it little bit easy and kind of imbalanced there are a couple in this pool but they're decently obscure that i felt that it was okay to throw them in yeah they definitely are and there are definitely things that you should have played or be familiar with but you know what i'm gonna go with mission red planet i think you talked about this earlier it has this really interesting early film look at what future space travel might be like in kind of like an early 1910, 1920s, 1930s kind of look. So everything was quite a little bit along the lines of like a predate steampunk, but it has this very fantastical, very posh look to everything. And the game's a lot of fun. So I'm going with Mission Red Planet. Yeah, it's a really good game. I really like it a lot. Bioshock Infinite is a fantastic video game. The board game is it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it, again, it really is just that theme and not even really well implemented. The Reckoners is more modern day and kind of a cool spin on what what if superpowers but it is prohibitively expensive and relatively light so i don't know how well it does at that baseball highlights 2045 however is one of my favorite games and while it is like near future it's not modern day or past it is close enough to near future and it asks the question what if baseball was so boring nobody watched it which is absolutely modern day so we have kind of the whole idea there of, you know, let's get some cyborgs and robots in there. And I, it's such a good game because of it. So that's what I'm going to go with. All right. So that means that Mission Red Planet and Baseball Highlights 2045 moves on to the next round. Next up, Pool F. We have Shadows Over Normandy, Duel of Ages 2, Temporum, and Dust Tactics. All right, so for uh, Pool F, man, I'm, I'm jumping in, and I'm going to go with something a little different here. I'm going to go with the miniatures game. I'm going with Dust Tactics. World War II, alien technology, just you can't really beat that when it comes to miniatures, and it's just fantastic production there. Yeah, absolutely. Dust Tactics is, I like, miniature games in general are kind of stodgy. This one is like, hey, what if World War II, but all the things... <laughs> Not just World War II, but all the things. The game I'm going to pick here is kind of similar to that, but without the miniatures. And that is the Shadows Over Normandy. This takes the original system, Heroes of Normandy, which is a World War II game that uses tiles instead of miniatures in a very evocative, convincing, well-produced way. And it replaces some of the factions with the Nazi Cult of the Black Sun, the Ancient Deep Ones tribe, and then, of course, you also have the U.S. Rangers because you know you have to have good guys in there somewhere. So it's basically Cthulhu in World War II, which it doesn't seem like it would work that well, but it works extremely well. This game is just such an interesting twist on that whole system of mechanics. And uh, yeah, absolutely worth checking out if you 
want a World War II game that is a little bit All right, different. so that means Shadows over Normandy and Dust Tactics moves on to the next round. Next up. All right, Pool G. This one we have A Study in Emerald, Mr. Jack in New York, Dogs of War, and Martian Rails. All right, so once again, I'm going to jump back in a pool that I'm not really that comfortable with, which happens to be filled with Cthulhu monsters. So yeah, A Study in Emerald. It's all about the British monarchy kind of being overtaken by the elder gods and you have to fight back or stay loyal and stay with these elder gods as they kind of reign over the earth. It's a lot of fun and really interesting game. It had a reprint, which kind of cleaned things up a little bit, but both versions of the game are currently out of print. Yeah, it's tough to find, which uh, makes it hard to put on here, but it is so good that we had to include it. Uh, For me, the game I'm going to pick is Dogs of War. This is... It's steampunk, but it's Renaissance era. So it's even further back than like the 19th century. So you have things like Clockwork Knights, these big goofy looking war machines. We have flying machines. It's a war game. It has miniatures. It is a Simon game, but it's kind of, again, one of their hidden gems that really introduces a lot of cool mechanics with just this crazy interesting theme that takes a time in history that we all know where all these different houses are fighting against each other in Europe and introduces just fantastical but not quite outlandish systems it's not magic but it's almost magic so dogs of war that means a study in emerald and dogs of war move on to the next round next up pool h last pool here we have black orchestra fortress america this war of mine and leviathans yeah we're getting into some rough choices here but i'm gonna go with a black orchestra obviously a great pedigree by philip deberry And once again, you can take out the baddies from World War II. This is a really good one. And uh, I think, again, World War II is really ripe for this, where things just like, what if it was slightly different? Leviathans is a game that, once again, is very much overlooked, but a solid game that people swear by. The idea here is that in the 19th century, somebody discovered this fluid that helped lift things off the ground. So rather than just like Zeppelins and big airships, you have legitimate warships made of metal flying through the sky so it is a miniatures game it's from catalyst but it introduces a lot of different cool ideas it takes place in the early 20th century like 1910s and you have these giant ships flying around going at each other kind of like a pre-world war one take on europe so it's a very interesting game and well worth taking a look at all right so in that final pool Black Orchestra and Leviathans move on to the next round. And that's the end of the first bracket. And now we're moving on to the second, Anthony. What do we have? All right. Yeah. So now we're going to do one through 16. Um, These have been seeded based on, I guess, BGG ranking and our own preferences. But we're going to run through these real quick because we kind of talked about most of these games already a little bit. So first up, we have Scythe versus Dust Tactics. What do you think? Well, these are both really great games. You know what? I got to go with Scythe here just because not only does it have some of the miniatures, but it has some great story and artwork. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Dust Tactics is really cool, but Scythe really just drives it home with how much it can pull together. All right, so Scythe moves on to the next round. All right, next up, A Study in Emerald versus Australia. Two Martin Wallace games, by the way. And two Cthulhu games. Who knew? Maybe Martin Wallace is Cthulhu. Did you ever think about that? (laughs) Did you ever notice that you never saw him and Cthulhu in the room at the same time? Huh? 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 Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, 
<laughs> he takes his glasses off and he's just a big all right so i'm gonna go with australia's here just because once again not only does it really integrate the cthulhu elements great but it's also a pretty damn good game yeah absolutely i i think for me i i like a study in emerald quite a bit but the fact that it's so incredibly hard to find we're talking like two or three hundred dollars if you look for it on bgg i have to go with, with australia as well um same designer similar theme uh, just more accessible and a little bit more modern intake. All right, so that means Australia moves on to the next round. All right, next up, Mission Red Planet versus Aquasphere. Ooh, this is a tough one here. Both really top favorite games for me. Uh, you know what? I'm going to hold out here, and I think I'm going to go with Mission Red Planet. I think it's just a phenomenal-looking game from a perspective that we usually don't get. What if space travel was something that was this really elegant kind of twist on modern technology? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool like that. I mean, it would have chosen this, but then you, it's up against the Stefan Feld game, and it's the only one in here, really yes. one of the few Euros in here at all. So I'm going to go with Aquasphere. All right, Anthony. So that means we move on to our tiebreaker. What do our listeners have to say? All right. These are both pretty close in the votes, but Mission Red Planet did take home a few more. All right, so Mission Red Planet moves on to the next round. Next up. Rivet Wars Eastern Front versus Dogs of War. These are two Simon games, both of them kind of old, both of them a little under the radar. I, you can tell I seeded these intentionally. <laughs> well, these are really rough to take care of because they're both excellent miniature games. I'm going to go with, oh man, this is rough. I'm going to go with Rivet Wars Eastern Front just because the idea of the rivets that you can actually swap things in and out really does give you this idea that there was some sort of technology that actually allowed you to pop on and pop off, you know, tops of tanks to switch them up a bit. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, I like Dogs of War. It's, a again, a hidden gem that just doesn't hit the table at all, but rivet wars has so much more content to it and i feel like mechanically a little bit more going on so i agree all right so rivet wars eastern front moves on to the next round next up shadows over normandy versus conquest of planet earth all right so once again we are looking at modern day technology modern day military and yet with a very 1950s-esque look at it which includes aliens and superheroes for some reason Somehow it kind of works. So I'm going to go with Conquest of Planet Earth. I somehow still yet to play Conquest of Planet Earth. And it looks interesting. I got to give it a go. Uh, but Shadows Over Normandy for me has is really just captures it quite well. It takes everything that works with Heroes of Normandy and just adds this layer that really is integrated nicely thematically of, of the Cthulhu mythos. So I'm going to go with that one. All right. So that goes down to our listeners, Anthony, for our tiebreaker. What do they have to say? All right, I guess everybody else is playing fro Flying Frog games uh, because Conquest <laughs> of Planet Earth here had just a few more votes. All right, so that means Conquest of Planet Earth moves on to the next round. Next up, Spirit Island versus Baseball Highlights 2045. Oh, this is another tough one here. I'm going to jump in with Spirit Island because the idea of having those colonial powers that kind of imperialistically just controlled and wiped out all those native islands is unfortunately something that happened. So Spirit Island kind of plays the role here. And yet at the same time, playing the Spirit's point of view is really interesting. So Spirit Island for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with baseball highlights because I like baseball and I like robots. And it has both in spades. 
baseball highlights. All right, Anthony. So that means that our listeners are going to have the decision making here. What do they have to say? Yeah, I don't I don't know that anybody saw this particular matchup coming. So baseball highlights 2045 actually had a surprising number of votes. And I thought Spirit Island would go further. But yeah, people are all about futuristic baseball, I guess. All right. So in a massive upset, baseball highlights 2045 moves on to the next round. Next up. Black Orchestra versus Steamworks. All right, so I'm going to go once again back with the old classic Steamworks here, just because the idea of connecting different technologies that really aren't a thing, so to speak, at least in modern day, and see how they play out was a lot of fun. So I'm going with Steamworks. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. Uh, Black Orchestra is a really good, if not kind of heavy and dark game, but it it's not purely alternate history unless things go perfectly right and it is kind of brutal and kind of heavy and steamworks is just some light fun that of course has a nice steampunk theme that is pretty well implemented so i'm gonna go with steamworks all right next up spirium versus leviathan well i've never heard of spirium before because i don't really don't listen to bga so i'm gonna go with leviathans here anthony what do you have to say hmm and you know what the listeners think, because they know. Oh, it's Spirium. All right. Well, it seems our listeners broke through there, and Spirium moves on to the next round. All right, Anthony, we start all the way up back again. So what do we have? All right, we got eight games left. We're going to run through these, get down to the last four, then two, then one. First up is Scythe versus Australia. Well, I've been riding that track, and I'm going to ride that track a little longer until an Elder God pops up. Australia's for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I got to stick with Scythe. I mean, I said this when we did the pools that this is like the game that kind of defines this. And maybe I'm just tipping my hand here and what I'm going to vote for throughout the whole thing. But um, uh, yeah, Scythe for me. All right. So, Anthony, what do our listeners have to say? So much Scythe. So much Scythe. <laughs> they also are tipping their hand here a little bit. Yeah, they definitely pick this one. All right. So, Scythe moves on to the next round. Next up. Mission Red Planet versus Rivet Wars, Eastern Front. Really tough competition here. Both great games. I'm going to go with Rivet Wars, Eastern Front, because I like swapping those rivets, my friend. Yeah, it's such a fun game. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Mission Red Planet, even though I didn't vote for it last time. It is just thematically and visually such a fun experience, especially the second edition, where they've kind of updated everything to really match that old school look. So I'm going to go with Mission Red Planet. All right, so that leaves it up to our listeners, Anthony. What do they have to say? Very, very close on this one. Uh, it was just a couple votes different, but Mission Red Planet did eke it out. All right, so Mission Red Planet moves on to the next round. Anthony, what do you have up next? Conquest of Planet Earth versus Baseball Highlights 2045. All right, Anthony, you know what I'm going to say here. Take me to your leader. Conquest of Planet Earth for me. Yeah, um, I think Baseball Highlights because, again, I like robots and I like baseball. <laughs> Sticking with that. All right. So what do our listeners have to say with me? Is it baseball or global domination? Global domination. <laughs> they like Conquest of Planet Earth on this one. All right. So, Anthony, what do we have next? Steamworks versus uh, Spirium. All right. Well, I think this is the point where your your game comes to a, an abrupt halt and you run out of little green rocks, Anthony. I'm going to go with Steamworks here because Steampunk's rules, man. Let's leave it to our listeners. Well, listeners, have you listened to BGA before? <laughs> what would you guess that I would pick? Guess what they guessed? They guessed. Uh, all right. So Little Green Rocks. Yeah. Little Green Rocks tops out over Steam. Uh, I see what you did there. 
All right, Anthony, so we jump back up to the top. What do we got? We got Scythe, and we got Mission Red Planet. All right, you know, these are both fantastic games. <laughs> the artwork on both of these things are great. Their mechanics are really fantastic. You know, it's it's a really tough pick here. I'm going to go with Mission Red Planet. Just It's a little more sexy, and it's in outer space, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this since the beginning. Scythe is uh, such a strong representation of just that twist on the history and such beautiful artwork to go with it so i'm gonna go all right so that leaves it up to the listeners are they going to the red planet or are they going back in time a little bit closer than i would expect uh honestly i wouldn't expect that many people played mission red planet but it got a decent number of votes regardless scythe did come out all right so that means scythe moves on to the next round next up anthony what's our final matchup there conquest of planet earth (laughs) your hidden gem favorites versus spirium one of my hidden gem all right so we know what we're each going to pick here let's leave it up to our listeners all right listeners come through big time buddies yeah so i feel like this is like a vote for which host they like best i don't know (laughs) oh is that what it is (laughs) and i only say that because i pick spirium Woo! i win (laughs) yeah they did miss you last week you know jason was good but uh, they missed the original there no spirium he's no spirium that's right all right so spiria moves on to the final round so here we are the final big matchup when we're talking about alternate history things that are just a little different and yet the same so we have our two big games scythe versus spirium the battle of the s's so to speak anthony you know what you got to do you got to go first because you know you know sophie's choice here man which child do you love more ah i'm gonna pick spirium because i've I've already dragged this horse all the way here (laughs) even though i think scythe does a better job of what we're doing here but if we've established anything with these brackets i will drag a game several rounds further than it should go so spirium all the way yes 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 you do Where an eye, on the other hand, will go with the the best, the crowd favorite. Uh, you know, it's got to be Scythe here. All right, Anthony. So that leaves us to the listeners. Who do they love, my friend? Who do they love? Scythe. So much Scythe. I think like 80% of the people who filled this out picked Scythe to win it all. So as long as you picked it at any given point, it was going to win no matter what. <laughs> Aw, poor little green rocks. I know. They did, they did well. They did really well, though. They did. I just, come on, Asmodee, reprint the game, give me an expansion, and then make all my friends want to play it. Come on. Or better yet, incorporate Spirium as, you know, the kind of prequel series, so to speak, for Scythe. So those mechs, mechs run on green rocks. That that could be a thing. All right, so forget you, Asmodee. Jamie, (laughs) Stegmeier. Get on it. Pick this up. <laughs> All right. So that makes Scythe our winner from the Women's World Cup Bracket Alternate History. So that's everything for this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And in an alternate universe, we did not save you a seat at the table. Missed. Bum, bum, bum.